Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is episode number 165. The Vrabel needs to make a comeback with the mustache of Sodes. That, that mustache is a good playoff look. I think he should yeah. save it for the playoffs. Well, especially, and you know who else needs to bring back the mustache? Colton Dowell, new uh, seventh-round draft pick. The only wide receiver draft pick that the Titans got. Fire mustache from Dowell. I'm excited Honestly, for him. The the Titans should be like the Yankees, where like you know, like the Yankees have that strict <laughs> facial hair policy. Yeah. They should, but the Titans should be like you have to grow a mustache, whether you can or can't. Like you have to, everyone on the team has to have a mustache. Mandatory mustaches, but no beard. Yeah, no beard, no beard, just a mustache. How do you I think, think Derrick Henry would look with a mustache? I feel like that'd be a really weird look and would age him almost twenty years. Oh, you think Derrick Henry's terrifying now? Imagine Derrick Henry with some upper lip hair. Yeah, but like that would make him terrifying for other reasons. Like, you know, if you see him in like a movie theater bathroom, you're like, oh, what what have you been doing in here, Derek? <laughs> Are you <laughs> hey, hey, we're we're not even like two minutes into this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And you're already making Derek Henry a red dot on a Google map. <laughs> Where Derek Henry has to introduce himself to the neighbors by by law. <laughs> It was that, just that, it was that night on a playground, I promise. <laughs> that one, I didn't know you couldn't piss on the playground. <laughs> that one comes via Andrew Moore at Andrew the Earl on Twitter. Thank you, Andrew. If you want to submit a sewed title, uh, you can do so just by tweeting at Titan Up Pod. Something obscure about the Titans, and we will name the sewed that. Now, I got to be clear and, and concise up front. Jack Gentry, my co-host, every single week uh, comes to us and is like, hey, you know what? This is my flu game. And, every you know, week? He, pretty much every week. It was In like fact, definitely the, the entire month of February. It's to the point now where it's 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 unusual when you don't have the flu. I, now, I'm coming to that. I'm prefacing with that by saying today is my literal flu game. Uh, well, not literal flu. I've 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 been down and out for the count. Um, for the last two days, the, I, I did not go to work today. I did, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I've had one cliff bar over the last like 40 hours. <laughs> uh, so I've eaten very little getting ready for I've, your summer body. Yeah, I have, um, I have, I've peed out my butt more times than I would like to admit. It has been it has been a real bad time, but you know what? When it comes to the Tuppers, I could be on my damn deathbed, and I will still show up and show out. Now 
I'm also saying this because if like today's episode's just not as funny <laughs> or or just not as good or like if I'm if I miss on some things like, yeah, I miss on things every single week. But if I miss on things this week, at least I have an excuse. OK, and that that is that I am extremely under the weather. But I'm toughing it out for you guys because we are Tennessee tough, right? Well, at one time we were. We were, yeah, at one time we were. At one time. We probably uh, fainted from that. But we've got a great sode for you. Rhett Bryan from Titans Radio is going to join us, getting into all the things the draft. Now, if you're like me and you're doing this, you're either listening to this podcast or for me, I'm doing this podcast, standing on the ledge of my building right now, ready to jump off. Um, You might want to listen to the Rhett Bryan interview before you do because he is going to put at bay a lot of the concerns that myself and if you follow me on Twitter my goodness you saw me tweeting through it over the weekend I had, a, I, I had a meltdown over the weekend with this draft and we're going to get into it all but Rhett does a good job of kind of laying everything out and um, does real well almost like he has been studying the film of these guys for the last six months so you're going to want to listen to that. Plus, Jack and I are going to get into it. And um, I'm going to try not to pee out my butt uh, while we're sitting here. But if you if you see me leave abruptly during the podcast, then you just just roll with it. OK. And uh, but yeah, but uh, before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. Yes. Relax the Back has a special Mother's Day sale going on right now, guys. I told you guys about this last week, but I want to make sure I hit all of the products. So they've got a wedge pillow system over there for $2.99. It'll help your back. It'll prop your legs up for proper posture while you're relaxing. They've got you, you know how you see those like uh percussion massage guns um, that NBA players use. They've got one of those with like four different attachments for $100. It's such a great deal. If you work out a lot, if you run a lot, you can just massage yourself, start feeling better and help recover faster. They've got neck massagers. They've got this sleep sound therapy machine with Bluetooth. They've got a foot massager on sale for $199. They've got custom fit pillows, custom office chairs, massage chairs, you name it. Anything that will help you feel better and relax, they've got at Relax the Back. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater next to Hillsborough High School in that little parking lot. If you're unable to get there in person, no worries. Check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. They'll ship that order out to you as fast as possible and will help you start feeling better today. When you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. With all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is May 3rd, 2023. And all hope is lost. <laughs> no, come on. No, all hope is lost. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry, but it is. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the hope that we had going into the draft, lost. Can't find it. You know, and it's not like it's not like your AirPods where, you know, you get a little notification on your phone being like, oh, hey, you left your AirPods behind. Our hope is nowhere to be found. And it is 
it is. I I just don't know. I don't know what to think anymore, Jack. I, you We're know, I feel like completely different sides here. Okay, well that's good. That's good because um, and I know you're like we 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 do want to get into it about uh, the Will Levis thing because you and I we tweeted about that over the weekend where you're kind of in favor of Will Levis and um or we texted we texted a lot over this weekend. You and I. Gosh, you would have thought you and I were in a relationship with how much we texted back. God, if we were, I would have broken up with you about how negative you were being. I was, I was so, so negative. You know, and I think it is. I think it's because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, and so I, I like see that life clock ticking. Oh you know, my and god! I, you're you're in like your mid thirties. What are you talking the, about? You may not even end, be to your mid thirties. I only have a few more seasons of Titans football left, and so. <laughs> You know, like it's, I, I, you just, you see that. And once you like really kind of see mortality, like coming into the picture is when you really get clear perspective that you don't have a lot of time left. And I don't, I don't want to be like one of those like Cubs fans for the last hundred plus years where I, I never see my team win a championship. I would like to see my team win a championship. And, and when, when they do stuff like they did over the draft this weekend, I, I realize. Oh, they don't have, they don't, they don't care about me and my time clock, my ticking time clock. I mean, look at me today. I'm sick today. I'm sick. And I, what if I, what if, what if this, what if this sickness takes me? What if this sickness, sickness takes me? And I can't even be on next week's tighten up podcast. So just kidding. You know me. I'm going to, even if I'm dead, I'm still coming on next week. Yeah, I'll I'll get a Ouija board and bring you back from from, uh, six feet under. Oh, that'd be so great. How dramatic are you being right now? This is absolutely ridiculous. Look, I have my concerns about this class and a couple of guys and, you know, the the wide receiver position in general. But, like, after we we just talked to Rhett Bryan, you'll hear him later. And you know, for the for the for those of you who watched the Titans draft show, you guys know that I was I was pretty positive um, with, with everything that they did up until Spears. But uh, Brian really talked me off the cliff with him. And you know, the Skaronsky thing. While while I wanted to make a big splash in round one, Skaronsky is an immediate upgrade there. Probably, you know, he's got a case to be the best blocker on that offensive line as a rookie. So he fills a need that needed to be filled. I I feel I feel okay about this. I feel good. Now, it doesn't turn you into a contender in 2023, but I don't know that anything you could have done this weekend would have done that. After night one, I felt so good. I felt so good. I was like, yes, this team is back. We got a GM who knows what he's doing. He filled a gaping hole. It's not a sexy pick by any means, Skaronsky, but... They went and they got an offensive lineman, filled a need. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what we're looking for. I am so jacked. And I'm like, and, you know, I go to work the next day and I'm like, yes. I was like, yeah, I feel good. I'm talking to my buddy, uh, my producer, who's a Bears fan. And we're talking about the Bears draft and the Titans draft. Scrancy is a Chicago guy, just like you. Scrancy is a Chicago guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Oh, where's he from? Uh. I can't. I can't remember. Uh, Sam Phelan said he's from wherever Sam Phelan's from. But I know. Oh, Scaranzi is he really? Grew up, a, grew up a Packers fan. Park Ridge. He's from Park Ridge, Park Ridge Illinois. That's right. Yeah. So uh, definitely a Chicago guy. I'm stoked. I'm and and yeah, and I like it too because it has that Chicago connection. So I, you know, like I, I got to talk about it on the air a little bit <laughs> on on Friday, and um, but yeah. So I was like, I was like, yes, this is great. You know, like finally, you know, like our freaking our GM doesn't trade the best wide receiver you know for you know for nothing 
in round one. Like, I don't have to worry about dumb decisions being made. Like, I think Rand knows what he's doing. Then night two hits, okay? Now, full disclosure, night two of the draft, it starts, I think it started an hour earlier than it did on night one. And I'm at, I'm at preschool prom with my daughter. Dressed nicely. Derricka Henry. Thank you. Me or her? No, you in your tuxedo shirt. Yeah, it was a tuxedo t-shirt. Classy affair. uh, Funny story behind that. Uh, I asked my wife, I said, I said, what, what, what should I wear? She goes, just, it's just casual. Don't, don't, don't wear anything. I was like, are you sure? You're sure dads aren't dressing up? She goes, no, you're like, I heard one, one dad saying that he didn't want to dress up. So you're, you're going to be fine. I'm like, okay, so I can wear this tuxedo t-shirt. Cause I was like, oh, that'll be funny. If no one else is dressing up, I'll wear a tuxedo t-shirt. She goes, yeah, yeah. I was like, and then I asked her like three more times. You're sure. You're sure no one's he dressing up. He gave you way too much freedom, especially this wasn't even like a week removed from you wearing Kim Mulkey's ostrich feather jacket <laughs> to a Cubs <laughs> yeah, game. Right. She, there Jack, needs to be some structure in place for this. Jack, I'm not lying when I said the first person I saw when walking up to her daycare, the first person, head to toe tuxedo, That's actual tuxedo. Much. No, and then then the next guy I saw, head to toe suit. No joke, Jack. I was the worst dressed person there. I was wearing <laughs> jeans and a tuxedo t-shirt. I was so out of place. My daughter was adorable. She had a little dress on and like, oh, and I just, it was bad, dude. It was bad. So I'm at this, I'm at this, I'm at this preschool prom, severely underdressed and already in kind of a bad mood, which probably played into my mood. And then the Titans, they go and they pick they, they they don't pick. they trade up to pick Will Levis and like when I see the tweets coming through and they're like Titans are trading up perfect spot for a quarterback I'm like okay yeah maybe they're trading up but they're not going quarterback here they did that last year they're not getting a quarterback you're gonna get a why receiver would, why, there was a run why the would they round? get a quarterback yes they're gonna get a wide receiver there's a wide receiver that dra- dropped in the board and that they that they really want to go up and get. And then sure enough, the freaking Tennessee Titans draft Will Levis out of the University of Kentucky and just legitimately like I wish you could have seen me because here I am. I'm at this preschool party. There's black eyed peas playing in the background. I'm my daughter's chewing on some Ritz crackers and I'm like sitting here scrolling my phone just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? And I just immediately go to town tweeting and I had to. That's what I do. I, that's what I do when I'm like upset. That's why I, I tweet so much on Sundays during Titans games and during the draft, apparently. Jack, I was so will livid, if you will. I was so upset that the freaking Titans for the second year in a row, second year in a row, they literally just did this last year. And I, I get it. Rand wasn't here last year, so he probably wasn't keen to what the Titans did last year. But they traded up last year for a quarterback that everyone passed on at least once. And they did the exact same thing again. What about Will Levis makes you think that, like, oh, the, this, this, the, he's the golden boy? Like, I, I guarantee you, the Titans didn't even have to draft up, trade, trade up, and they, Will Levis probably would have fallen to them. Why, why would you go and get Will Levis? And that, that's exactly how I felt after night or uh, after the second pick of night one, and then they go and get freaking. Uh, Tajay Spears, which we'll get into that in a little bit. That was confusing. That was confusing still. Very confusing. It's like the Titans have a knack for trading up to get a quarterback and then with the next pick getting a running back. 
Why? You, know, you, you think you, you know, after drafting Will Levis, you go out and immediately get him a weapon. Yes. Right? To make his life a little bit easier. Who's he going to throw to? But maybe Spears is that guy. I mean, Rhett Bryan will talk to you about him. Spears had a huge cotton bowl, four touchdowns against USC, 205 rushing yards. But there is a health issue. I'm not going to spoil the Rhett Bryan interview, but he gave a great, great comp to what, what kind of some of the injury issues Spears has, has gone through and what he could possibly turn into if everything goes well, which is asking a my, lot. Uh, my best friend, Frank, uh, is he thinks uh, he, he's a massive Kentucky fan. And he was like, he texts me. He's like, I'm keeping receipts. I'm keeping receipts. Good. Do it. Frank. Basically, basically what I'm saying about uh, Will Levis. And um, and I said, look, I don't have a problem. You know, I grew up a Penn State fan, so I, I liked Will Levis when he was at Penn State. I actually wanted him to take over for Sean Clifford as quarterback at Penn State, but he never could. Sean Clifford kept winning the starting job. So he, Will Levis couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State. Then he transfers to Kentucky, where he starts immediately. And his first year at Kentucky, it was, a, it was a very good year. It was a very good year. Well, he had a the great offensive year, coordinator, Liam Cohen, who is now employed by the Los Angeles Rams. Right, right. And then and then this and then the uh then the very next year, obviously, or this past year, it's not um not that great. And now look, I, there's ex- extenuating circumstances, injuries. There were there were a lot of issues. New offensive at play. coordinator, turf toe, yes. bad O line, lack of weapons. There's, right. there's a lot out there where, uh, you know, it, you don't want to make excuses for the guy, but you can see why maybe his performance wasn't what people expected from one of those first quarterbacks taken in the draft. Right. And it's like, look, I know, and I get it. And look, I've had some time to think about it. I've had some time to to let it simmer. And I, I'm, I, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm coming around, but the fact that the, yeah, okay, sure. Will Levis only put up 109 yards against Vanderbilt. Oh, who cares though? It would look, as a Vandy the Titan, fan, I thought he I thought he did just enough out there. But, but the look, tit- the Titans don't have Vanderbilt on their schedule. So Lucky for the Titans. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I think Will Levis is going to be a great pro, dude. No, I I just I I I'm I'm very annoyed because I felt like coming into this draft Titans had two gaping holes, offensive line and wide receiver. You, and they shirt up one of those in in the first round. And I'm like, great. Now all you have to do is get your wide receiver. And the wide receiver, and I, I felt like I was getting punked. I felt like I was getting punked with every draft chime that came in. With the blank pick in the draft, the Tennessee Titans select not a wide receiver. <laughs> until the seventh round <laughs> yeah. that was frustrating day three was more frustrating than day two just because you knew you had to get one in day three and you still kind of ignored that thing look and the, the levis thing's gonna it's gonna frustrate a lot of people i am on board with it and i know that we have vols vols listeners here we probably have some kentucky guys i, I hope we have some ut martin skyhawks um but the, the Levis thing upset a lot of people, mainly in uh, Knoxville, because, you know, Hendon Hooker's on the board. They're two different prospects. You know, Hendon Hooker was drafted 35 picks later by Detroit to probably back up Goff. And, you know, in Detroit, sure, Goff had, Goff's only signed through 2024, but you're not going to replace a guy like that who had a top 10 season last year while your team's fighting for, you know, the NFC North title and a weak North and a weak NFC in general. You don't want to make that transition to Hendon Hooker. So as, as bad as Vols fans are going to hate to hear this, 
Hinton Hooker, you know, he may not start a game in Detroit. Will Levis is is almost guaranteed to start next season with the Titans. They're two they're two different quarterbacks, com- completely different players. The thing with Levis that a lot of people are on him about was he never really got that marquee win, and in big games he really played down. He sucked in big games last season. Let's just put it that way. I don't necessarily believe that team success, and you know, you want to say Kentucky should have been better last year. They should have won more games after what they did in 2021. Will Levis should have been able to put his team on his back to win some of these games. I hate that we're we're, we're using team success as you, you know something we're judging Levis by because sure, winning games as a quarterback's the you know it's it's hugely important. But how many quarterbacks have we seen from Alabama, from Georgia, from Ohio State just flop in the NFL? They won all kinds of games in college, but they flopped in the NFL. Another thing, Will Levis' big, his biggest knock is decision-making, turnovers. You know, he, he tucks it and runs it and fumbles against Ole Miss, loses the game, throws a ton, you know, you know, a bunch of different interceptions in big games. Why I'm high on this pick is because Levis, and it's not just because Levis' pro comp is Jay Cutler. Okay, I love that too. But Levis has plenty of physical. Wait, is that is that is that actually come from somewhere, or is that just it, you, it, saying you know it? every everyone has different pro comps? I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple Cutlers. So you I've saw some one Ryan person Tannehills. compare him to Jay Cutler, and yeah, you, that's and all you it's going to take. Ran with it. Yeah, that's all okay. it's going to take for me. All right, but <laughs> he's got he's got a lot of physical tools. He's got a big arm. He can stand in the pocket and take hits and deliver the, the deliver the football. You know, he's not Malik Willis. He's not scampering, running for his life after a, you know one second in the pocket. He's he's more of a pro ready guy, and we saw that when he was coached by an offensive coordinator who's a you know a, a pro offensive assistant in L.A. under McVay, one of the best offensive minds. So he knows you know which guys make sense. This is the perfect situation for Will Levis. Sure, you could have better weapons. Sure, the offensive line could be more stable. But if your biggest knock is decision making, learning behind a guy like Ryan Tannehill who doesn't have all the physical tools that Levis does. You know, he, he's not exactly a five-star player, but his decision-making earned him a huge contract in Tennessee. It's taken the Titans to division titles. It's taken them as far as the AFC championship game. Not because he throws for 300 yards in the playoffs, but because he takes care of the football, unless it's against the Cincinnati Bengals. I know, I know. But don't you think that putting a quarterback who struggles with decision-making and turnovers behind Tannehill, who excels in that department, you can probably come out with a polished you know, product in 2024 with a a year in the system, you know, he can make throws. He's just got to make the decisions. I really think that Tannehill, you know, and he's not a top 10 quarterback in this league, but I think what his strengths are can help polish up some of Levis's weaknesses. I, I think it's a perfect match and a perfect guy to learn behind in, in year one in the NFL. Um, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to, I'm going to say this as nicely as possible. Um, you're an idiot. Uh, Will Levis is like Will Levis. Some of his weaknesses are things that cannot be taught accuracy. Uh, you know, like a a decision making can only can only be taught to an extent. It's it's the same thing. Like Jake Locker coming out of college, all of these knocks. And I hate I hate comparing this player to literally any other player. But like Josh Allen had incompletion or he'd completion or, or accuracy issues. He had turnover issues. Like. Those can be taught. Those can be polished. Those can be developed. 
I all I'm saying is, well, first of all, Josh Allen has a lot of good weapons around him in Buffalo, and and as his weapons around him got better, he got better. But right and now, he's a generational Titans, talent. Yeah, the Titans have have nothing around him. To me, Will Levis, you want a player comp? Will Levis is Blaine Gabbert with a fresh coat of paint. Dude, that is unfair. I he is. Uh, trust me, as a guy who watched every single game of Blaine Gabbert's, I watched a lot of. Will Levis's games in college. My sister went to Kentucky. I watched a lot of Kentucky football. I, he reminds me so much of Blaine Gabbert. In fact, I'd be willing to say that Blaine Gabbert is the ceiling. Yeah, he may win a Super Bowl, oh, but he'll be backing someone else. Goodness, I, that's what I'm. I'm sorry. This is look. You you want your Jay Cutler comp? This is my comp. Okay, and I I just don't think I I, I when I watch Will Levis play, I. I see a lot of what I saw in Blaine Gabbert 10 years ago. And I just don't think that I, I, this is a guy that like, he, there's a reason he fell. There's a reason that 31 other teams, what I, no, no, no. There's a reason 32 teams passed up on him. Well, the Dolphins a, didn't have a draft pick. Well, but did they have one in the, in the first few picks in the uh, second round? No, they were, they were back in. Okay. Because they, okay, I well, think they made the, yeah, they did make the playoffs and had. I, I'd be Skylar willing Thompson. to bet that the Dolphins would not have taken Will Levis, but then again, I don't know because I was willing to bet that the Titans wouldn't have taken. Will I don't. Levis. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I do find it. I find it almost comical that Jim Irsay said, "Well, if Levis was at four, we would have taken him." Because you you remember that that drunk tweet? It seemed like he sent out saying, "Oh, what if what if, what if we went uh, Anthony Richardson in the first round and Levis in the second have a little Montana Young situation and everyone was like, Jim Irsay is absolutely I, wasted right now. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like this is karma smacking me in the face because I made so much fun of the Indianapolis Colts. Remember, remember, I was talking about how good I was feeling after night one. I made so much fun of the Indianapolis Colts for taking Anthony Richardson at number four. I was like, I, in fact, I think I might have even texted you. I said the best draft pick the Titans have ever made was the Colts taking Anthony Richardson. <laughs> he's I just risky. don't think Anthony Richardson, I don't think he's going to be a great pro. And the fact that he went to a division rival, I'm actually licking my lips. But then literally no more than a round later, the Tennessee Titans pick Will Levis. And I think it was just to teach me a lesson to not uh, not make fun of others and their draft picks. And and even like Jim Irsay sending out that tweet, like maybe we go Levis and Richardson. That to me is, that to me is like, I think, <laughs> I think that was just karma saying, hey, Austin, why don't you, why don't you take a chill pill? Okay, why don't you, why don't you take a seat and, uh, and, and take a little bit of your own medicine? Um, I just, okay. I, I did not, I did not feel good. I did not feel good about anything. We are on two different sides of the Levis thing. Two totally I, different sides. I'd be willing to bet that Will Levis makes at least one Pro Bowl as a Titan. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe the loser drinks a cup of coffee with mayonnaise in it. But I mean, if he wins a game as a Titan, I think I'm just going to do that after every single win. I'll do whatever. Mm -hmm. it takes. I'll eat bananas with peels on them. I don't give a damn. Okay. All but, right. If he wins, if he wins a game as a Tennessee Titan, you have the, to drink coffee with mayonnaise for every win on the podcast. Um, the thing about Will Levis is that by now Titans fans are dug in and they're not budging. You're either on board with it or you absolutely hate it. You can't stand it. And for those Vols fans, 
uh, that, that are absolutely disgusted. They don't, they didn't take Hendon Hooker. It's absolutely ridiculous that, and I saw some tweets out there and I don't want to name names, but one particular person on the A to Z big orange podcast tweeted, uh, I'll just go ahead and name him. Charlie Burris. I, tweeted I was with saying, his I was like, yeah, you literally narrowed it down to like one of like what two guys two people. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want Reagan who is a rational person to get, to get lumped into this. Charlie Burris tweeted that, you know, the, the Tennessee Titans are going to alienate Vols fans. Look, Vols fans, I don't know how many people remember this. There are Vols fans still in this state that are Colts fans after Peyton Manning has left. Yeah, they, that's they cheered for the Colts when Peyton Manning was drafted. I get it. Support your guy, support him in college. But if you're a Titans fan, you're not, if you're an actual Titans fan, this isn't going to alienate you. Okay. If it does, go, go be a Lions fan. Have fun being a Lions fan. I mean, seriously, like that is, that is, Hinton Hooker is not going to get time up there. I hate to break it to you guys. I hate it. But well, he's and just I, not. I mean, if if you truly care about Hinton Hooker, which I honestly surprisingly and he's a third round pick, it's not like Peyton Manning number one overall. Give me I'm a not, break, dude. I'm not a Vols fan by any means, but I'm actually rooting for Hinton Hooker. I want to. I want him to do well in the pros. I want to see me him too uh, have he's success. Good, he's got a great story. He's a good guy. I mean, you know, he he he's successful in college. But it's if a different if game you here. But. If you care one iota about Hendon Hooker, you you should have been hoping and praying he did not come to the Titans. Okay, <laughs> that's a good with, spin zone. With his coming off of an ACL, coming to a team that literally every other week guys are are dropping like flies. With the worst medical training staff in the NFL for two years running, we're we're number one in something, and that's hang injuries. the banner. Hang that we should hang a banner in in freaking the guy on the ladder hanging the banner policy. would probably fall off and, and break something though probably probably and then we get another banner there for that too. <laughs> Hendon Hooker, if you want him to be safe and out of harm's way, you don't want him signing with the Tennessee Titans. There, I said it. Okay, that's so. fair. That's a completely fair opinion to have. I don't like. We talked about this for, before the podcast, and I don't want to spend too much time on the quarterbacks, even though we already have, because there are other picks that the Titans made. But like everyone has that dream situation, and I get why Vols fans are upset. I was upset in 06 when, when they went VY instead of my boy Jay Cutler. Austin had his chance. Blaine Gabbert was a Titan. That was don't his dream bring, situation. Don't, don't put that on me. I did not want that at all. <laughs> I did not want Blaine Gabbert but like, two-tone blow. When it's, when it's a possibility and the Titans need that type of player, they need that position— and it doesn't end up happening. It makes you bitter. It does, but you got to get over it. Don't let them passing on your guy. And tight, real Titans fans wouldn't let this happen. And there are some. Honestly, I, I feel like I just got got on the Vols fans, but the Vols fans make the Titans fan base what it is. They're passionate. They're bold. They sometimes like they sometimes toe the line of being psychotic, but they make it fun. They are all over the place, and they're great fans who can really support winners. But don't let them passing on Hooker change that. Real Titans fans want it. And to see tweets like that from people who are good at their jobs and know what they're talking about, it's disheartening because, I mean, we're we're willing to throw away our fandom over, what, a, a, a third-round pick? Come on. Man. Yeah. Yeah, right. And it's like, look, I if, if you're if – you, if, if your team drafts like a college rival or someone, someone that you've – rooted so hard against for four years like i like as a vandy fan if if there's a vol who comes to play quarterback for the titans he will i will have he will have my full support josh dobbs josh dobbs exactly i love josh dobbs and he yeah. did nothing i don't think he won a game 
I love Josh Dobbs. <laughs> yeah. I still love Josh Dobbs just for the uh the the sacrifices he took, you know, to at least try and win. Travis again. Henry. Uh, unlike every single person he's had a child with, I love Travis Henry. Yeah. Yeah. You might be one of his kids, honestly. I don't know. I, your, I doubt it. I doubt. Let's it. get we should get uh, 23 and me. We have different builds. Um and then okay, so then lastly, uh I guess of the of the major draft picks the other head scratching draft pick Tajay Spears Ta- Tajay right or Tajay Tajay I've heard Tajay, Tajay. I'm going Tajay, Tajay. and it's it, hopefully the, this Tajay is better than the last Tajay and hopefully this one doesn't you know get in a fight in the back alley of tin uh, of tin roof after when 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 draft I another saw running back next year when I saw Tajay Spears I read it real quickly and I was like Tajay Sharp did they just draft another Tajay Sharp? And then I was thinking, wait, is this is this a re a replay of like previous drafts? I was like, why Tajay Sharp? And then I was like, oh, it's Tajay Spears. <laughs> as sad as it is, Tajay Sharp would actually make the Titans wide receivers better. <laughs> it would make it better. Can we go back? It, what's he doing right now? He's he can't be doing much, right? Last I heard, he was in Atlanta, but who knows where he is? Yeah, he probably isn't. He's a former Titan. So this is why this is why. Remember, the Titan is going to come back this offseason. Uh, Tajay Sharp is, uh, no, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Old friend alert. Hey, Titans kick the tires, kick the Tajay tires. All right. So we, they, they draft Tajay Spears. So I see that and I'm like, Tajay Sharp. Then I, then I look, read, keep reading and I see running back Tulane. And I was like, this is a joke. This has got to be a joke. This has got, or a typo. This is, you know, look, the draft is a long process. The graphics package could be wrong. What? Why? Why Why a running back? Why a running back after just drafting a quarterback in the with draft? With Derrick Henry on the roster. Right. With Derrick Henry on with the Hassan roster. With Hassan Haskins on the roster. With Hassan Haskins. Literally. It, it it felt like I was reliving last year's draft, aside from them in drafting Austin. one of, or trading one of their best players. We're forgetting about a one-time Titans niche hero, Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell Hilliard, yeah, he's he look, a, he just he had a big time injury last year, but he, you know, I mean, he's he's a guy. Yeah, why 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 is he not coming back? You know, like like uh, you got to think like when when he gets healthy, he's gonna be just fine. So Tajay Spears, <laughs> they Maybe. they draft this guy out of Tulane, and look, he he went off against USC in the Cotton Bowl, his most recent game played. He's a great player, hella shifty, hella awesome. And you're like, okay, well, maybe they know something about this dude that we don't. I mean, you got to assume that they do because we're just casual fans and we're literally sitting at home eating Cheetos while watching the draft while they're like in this war room surrounded by millions of computers and everything that uh, all the homework that they did leading up to the draft. So they like Tajay Spears. They draft him. And I'm like, oh, geez, I don't like this pick just because it does not fill a position of need. But then it gets worse. Oh, no. You How find out that Tajay Spear has a history of not only one, but two ACL tears. Two. Don't even have an ACL. And so you're wondering, like, okay, two ACLs. Is that one in each knee? Nope. Nope. Uh, he doesn't have an ACL in one of his knees after a pair of surgeries and cartilage damage as well. He, he tore ACL two times in his right knee. So, and so, uh, yeah, I see this tweet from Dr. Jesse Morse. 
Maybe he can, maybe maybe he'll continue the run left trend though. You know, if he can't cut on <laughs> I, that right knee, just send he's him gonna the to the to. left side. He's not gonna have a choice. So he's gonna have to run left. Uh, it, this uh, doctor tweeted with that much damage in one knee is definitely concerning. I'd be curious to see how much meniscus he has left, as that often determines the severity of the cartilage damage that will develop. Mm-hmm. Good chance his value went down as a result of his medicals. Now he only missed, uh, I believe, nine games in college because of injuries. But we're talking since 2015 to uh, now, he's had uh, two torn ACLs, um, and uh, and then he also he also had some hamstring issues in 2021, where he it's, missed most of spring camp. It just felt like John Robinson snuck in the building and made that pick. It yeah, it felt yeah. Isn't it, it I, isn't it ironic and almost hypocritical that they let David Long go, who signed for cheap, who signed for really cheap, after just a couple of hamstring pulls, right? And they right. go out and get a guy with two torn ACLs and maybe more damage there. I, I'm I'm just sick of and and what was the what was the quote from uh what was the quote from Rand Carthon after the first day? Or just after gonna, the second day, like it, we're just gonna roll the dice and roll the dice, play the board. Play the... Rolling the dice, playing the board. First of all, rolling the dice—that is not like confidence-inspiring. Rolling the dice—that is exactly why they have those tall skyscrapers and bright lights in Las Vegas. Because when you roll the dice, the house always wins. It never turns out your way. Technically, if if you're if you're rolling a six-sided die. <laughs> good luck you're not gonna like it's not it's not it, it's not gonna play in your favor and then and then playing the board hey okay sure i get playing the board but i don't know maybe play some of your needs you if you have if you need an offensive lineman and you need a wide receiver maybe go out and get those positions and maybe 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 pass on the injury laden running back or the uh, the quarterback who put up 109 yards against Vanderbilt, and maybe go after I don't know uh, a wide receiver who played at a, a Power Five school, so that way you can get some speed, which you've been preaching about all off season. This team needs to get faster. You can get some speed, and you can get someone who can actually catch passes. So that way, Ryan Tannehill, in the last year, you probably have of him, assuming you don't sign him back next year can have some weapons to actually throw to. So he's not throwing to s- scout team guys. But instead you're like, nah, 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 nah. He, you know, it's it's like that, uh, it's like that meme. You, you, Rand Carthen pops out from behind the tree, rubbing his hands and he's like, oh yeah. Tajay, Sp- ooh, an injury laden running back. That's exactly what we need on this team. On a team that has been the most injured team in the NFL for the past two seasons. I don't understand it, and I get it. Rand's new here. Maybe he doesn't know the lay of the land and how the fact that if a player just puts on two-tone blue, he automatically pulls a hammy or something, and he's out for uh, six, but the six to the, eight weeks. The faults of the Titans pre-Rand Carthon are not the faults of Rand Carthon. You know, I, well, I know, but but you also have to know the faults of your team coming into the new job, but, like and not play and, into them. The injuries and soft tissue stuff are different than the ACLs. It's still a major concern with Spears, and I want to let Rhett Bryan kind of do most of the talking on the Spears pick because he knows more about him. And you know, this was a guy that he circled before the draft and just happened to land with the Titans. 
So Rhett Bryan, you know, he's very high on Spears. You'll you'll be able to listen to that in a second. But you know, <laughs> the Spears thing clearly irked a lot of people. But I think the most frustrating part of the draft was in the fifth round. Titans are on the clock. Cincinnati tight end Josh Wiley. And pans to pans to the war room. Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel are doing oh, the Queen Elizabeth dude, wave. Dude. Oh my god! Oh, that was a dagger. That that was a. Da- they were laughing in our faces. Yeah, that was that was that was one that really that made me mad because I was already say, mad. And I, I was already mad it. to begin with. I bookmarked yeah. it because well, I, yeah, I think uh, everyone bookmarked it. You and everyone bookmarked that because that is a video that will come into play for years to come. I mean, if now, that video doesn't come back to haunt one of those two guys, I will be shocked. I I will be shocked. That is a, that, I think it was, you know, who I think that that wave was directed to PK gave him a really hard time about not drafting a receiver and PK did great. I think, I, I, you know, I, and I want to actually, I had that in my notes. I wanted to shout out Paul Karski for asking about wide receivers because he pressed he them and was on them. And, and, rightfully and, so. and, and he was, I feel like PK was the voice of fans. And like, even in like the videos that like Buck took of uh, PK, I like just in the, you know, just hanging out, like not even in a press room with PK, PK was like, this is, this offense is going to be abysmal next year because there's no one, there's no one to throw to. And but that's what Vrabel that, said. He said, "Who the hell do we throw the ball to?" And then he doesn't go get players to throw the ball to. That I I don't get it. I don't understand it. It 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 makes no. In fact, I would I was actually a little surprised that they went offensive lineman with their first pick and not wide receiver with their first pick. Like I'm surprised they didn't get a. Uh, I wanted a, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So did I. So did I. I was thinking, man, the Seahawks have some good wide receivers now. DK Lockett and JSN. Woo. Dude, I know, I know it, it's, and then you look at, and then you look in the, it, it, it almost doesn't make sense how the Titans are in the same league as the Seahawks. You know, you have a wide receiver room that good. And then in, in literally the exact same league, the NFL, you look over and you see a tendency Titans and their draft room is the Titans draft room. Or I mean, the Titans wide receiver room right now, probably worse than a lot of college wide receiver rooms dude geno smith and ryan Tannehill have much more in common than they you know don't but look at what geno's got to work with he's got kenneth yeah. walker he's yeah. got dk he's got lockett he's got jsn he's got noah fant he's got uh oh my gosh how am i forgetting this other tight end's name anyways he's got another tight end that's really good up there Tannehill doesn't have any of that Tannehill's got henry no. which is awesome yeah, He's and Chig's gonna, be, who, I mean, Chig, Chig's gonna be great. Chig is gonna be a weapon next year, but does he don't have it, enough though? I mean, look at the I, year that Gino had. Tannehill, you know, I mean, there is no reason why Tannehill couldn't do those numbers with the weapons that Gino has. It's and just when the Titans don't want to give him those weapons, when Tannehill had weapons, had elite weapons, Tannehill was a top three quarterback in the league. He he legitimately was statistically. He had a great season. Like it was. And and like people two forget, seasons. I mean that was the that was the year that was the year when the yeah the, it was two seasons it was nineteen and twenty uh, yeah when the Titans were averaging over thirty points a game like the Titans had a ridiculous offense now I I I I know a lot of Titans fans can't remember that because it's been so long it feels like so long ago that they've had a, a competent offense but if you can just give Tannehill the 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 weapons 
he'll like he can he can make things happen. I just I I just don't get it. You it's an uphill battle and it's it's frustrating and I don't I'm just very annoyed. We've look, we've 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 kind of been there, there's there's a lot to be frustrated with. The Titans are not going to be uh, you know, a, a Super Bowl contender. Maybe they squeak into the wild card. We'll see. I never believe that this team will tank under Mike Frabel. Never. I will never buy that. I, I don't think so either. But then again, you see this draft and you're like, are, did they but start to tank early? Let's turn to Rhett Bryan, who is much more positive about this draft class. Yes. Who gives, and he's, who, he's who, way who will deeper in the weeds up. than we are. Yes, he, he picked us up. He's going to pick our listeners up. And hopefully you leave the interview feeling a lot better about the Titans draft class still holds in places like wide receiver. But I, I just feel I, I feel confident and Rhett Bryan made it seem like, even though it might not have been the case, that the Titans did have a plan going into this draft. It was a little erratic, but I think that they did make I, I think that they were intentional about addressing some of these positions. So Yeah, right. They they had a they had a plan going into this draft the the same way. Um uh, Gosh, the we go. Joaquin Phoenix had a plan uh, when he was, was setting off riots in the Joker movie. Um, <laughs> Take me to BetMGM. Yeah, let's get let's get a, a word from our friends at BetMGM. Uh, Enjoy all of your sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props and daily uh, daily boosted odds specials. Maybe you want to bet the Titans to win the AFC South. You can make some serious money if that happens. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is a king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First, online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. And now let's get the red red! All right, with it being the week after draft week, we had to turn to one of our absolute favorites, uh, a guy who, like, is literally does his homework and then some. He's the guy in class who does the extra credit uh, when it comes to draft homework because he knows everything and everything anything and everything and he literally goes above and beyond I, and if you've ever listened to titans radio draft coverage you can kind of tell like oh these people do their homework for every pick all three thousand picks there are i don't know there's 299 i don't know however many picks there are but they do their homework and this guy's a huge piece behind that rhett brian rhett dude how are you man i'm great uh fellas uh just kind of catching my breath after the 2023 NFL draft. Um, it's a long process. Been studying this for three plus months of this year, uh, included uh, in going to the senior bowl for the first time and seeing how that, how that works and going back to the combine, which I thoroughly enjoy because that's where kind of everything starts in terms of conversations of a trade and, you know, who, who likes what, who's moving arrow up, who's arrow moving down and, I know we're going to talk about the draft class, but 
the senior bowl in January, that's where I fell in love with Tajay Spears, the third third really? round back that the Titans took 80, 81st overall. Uh, the guy yeah. is he's legit. So we'll talk about it. Let's go. Well, let's yeah, just start yeah. there. Uh, I mean, let's start there. You know, let's take it. So, you know, there's a lot of questions on Spears. I see it from both sides, right? I mean, the, you love the player, and I know this was like one of your favorite guys from the start. Um, but there's, you know, right after he's picked, I forget who said it. He's like, you know, I don't even know if he'll get to a second contract. But uh, the last time we saw Spears in action was in the Cotton Bowl when he ran for 205 yards and four touchdowns on USC. So, I, I mean, he's a hell of an athlete, a heck of a player. What 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 is it about him that you've fallen in love with? Well, first of all, I, I had an opportunity to interview him. Uh, they bring all the players in from both the national and the American team in the ballroom there in the convention center in Mobile. And he and I just kind of hit it off. I like his attitude. Um, he is not scared of diddly squat. I mean, the dude is – he's 5'11", 205. He ain't, he's not afraid of a damn grizzly bear. I mean, he just, he's got that about him uh, and the confidence in himself and wanting to improve. I'm like, I talked to him after the first day of practice. I'm like, what's, what's the goal? He said, I just want to get better every day I'm here and every day through this process and every day I'm, you know, doing it as a professional. Um, the one thing, if you'll notice that Rand Carthon uh, explained uh, through, I can't remember what interview, because he and Mike Vrabel have been all over the place doing this stuff, but he, he talked about, the pick itself, he said he improved every day over the previous day at the senior bowl at pass protection, which is something that every back needs to work on coming out of college. But that, so I love the attitude that the guy's got, uh, the belief in himself, but you see it on film. I mean, Jack, you said it, he was a wrecker against Southern Cal. Now this is Tulane playing Southern Cal in the cotton bowl. And he was a one man gang in this thing, just tearing dudes up. Now, don't forget, before that, he rang off like, I don't know, seven or eight straight 100-yard rushing games. I think he had over 1,800 yards from scrimmage in his last year in college. But the thing that people are going to love about him is that he is elusive. He can make people – like, it's one of the qualities that I really liked about Bijan Robinson, the top back taken in this year's draft from Texas, is he can make guys miss. He's shifty that way. Um, is he a what world class speed? No, but he's quick, and um, he's. I think he's built just physical enough that he can handle what he needs to do in this thing. Now, listen, the minute that somebody's drafted, how many times have we seen this? Somebody's ready to tear him down. Okay, so he's had ACL surgeries. Listen, this is an ACL surgery in 1979, man. I mean that that stuff would end a guy's career. How many guys have we seen come back and do fine? And the fact that, well, he doesn't have an ACL. You know who else who didn't have an ACL had a pretty damn good career in the NFL? The number three all-time leading rusher in the league named Frank Gore. He ran for 15,000 yards. <laughs> now, is he Frank Gore? No, I'm not going to put that on him. But it's like, everybody calm down. So here's the thing that is the byproducts of this draft. One, there's angst about that because you already have Derrick Henry. Yeah. But you need a compliment to Derrick Henry. And guess what else? He may be the eventual successor to Derrick Henry because he is a three down back. He can catch it out of the backfield. 
He had angst on him because it wasn't a wide receiver taken at that time. And there were two Tennessee wide receivers that people wanted and whoever else you can throw in that boat. It's the same thing that I know we're going to get to with Will Levis. I'll give you three reasons why I think people hate the Will Levis pick, in my opinion. Well, uh, wait, 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 before, before we go there, I have one follow. I have one follow go, on. Go. On so, uh, do you not see like the 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 concerns though? However, based like of like getting a guy with injury history, bringing on to a Tennessee Titans team over the last two years that has had nothing but injury history, where yeah, it's I just been but what tons of doing, issues. But what did he do in twenty twenty two? Ball. That's out. what I counter with. Okay. You know, I mean, right. we're not talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State who have played three games and had four catches because of a soft tissue injury. What did he do the year before he balled out? Well, you got Tajay Spears balling out in 2022 and doing the unthinkable. And, you know, Tulane beats Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl mm-hmm. with the guy that we're going to be talking about next year is the number one draft pick in Caleb Williams, probably. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and look, people are not ready for things that are going to change on this roster, but you have to understand that. Uh, if you look at spot track over the cap, choose whatever you want. What are they, two and a half million under the cap? They haven't signed a draft pick yet. That money's going to have to come from somewhere. Now, I don't know that it comes from Derrick Henry, but the one thing that stood out to me in the draft, post draft com- press conference on Saturday afternoon with Mike Vrabel and, and Rand Carthon, and then again on 1045 The Zone on Ramon, Kayla, and Will yesterday morning, he mentioned. They think he's a three down back. We're missing something there. That is that is the message they're bringing across. That is why I believe that they believe that he's the eventual successor to 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 Derrick Henry. How soon? Don't know. But that's what I'm hearing when they say those things and they repeat them. Man, I had a lot of questions about it, but I think that you've kind of uh, you've kind of relaxed my 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 stress when it comes to the Spears pick. <laughs> You're exactly right, though. I mean, he is what he is in t- from, from 2022. Sure, you can have concerns uh, from the future. I thought the Gore poll was excellent. I mean, that guy has been in the NFL for my entire life, and I'm 27 years old. Um, you kind of were alluding at it. Uh, the Will Levis pick. Yep. Um, a couple Tennessee guys up there. Obviously, Vols fans probably wanted Hooker um, to, to, to fall to the Titans. That's a dream scenario um, for, for Vols fans, but... What are the three reasons? What What are the three reasons okay. Titans fans are upset right now? Well, you hit the first one, and he's Kentucky. He's not a Vol. And at the time that you traded up to get him, there was a Vol quarterback there named Hendon Hooker who you could have chosen. That's one thing that made pissed off the fan base, right? The other is he did not have a good 2022. He just didn't. You know, his best work was under Liam Cohen when Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator there in 2021. And, you know, he went to the Rams. Now he's back there. So there's this window there where they weren't together. Um, And so there's a performance thing that you're looking at, like 25 interceptions, how many fumbles? You know, okay, I get it. Then the third one is, I think, due to his own detriment, and I think it was done innocently. So there's this stigma about the mayo in the coffee and eating a banana <laughs> with the peel entirely. Yeah, it's a little gross. Yeah, and look, I don't get it, okay? 
But in both cases, I think they were done innocently. I think they were a goof. I don't think he does those things on a regular basis. I think he thought he was trying to be funny. And so that has attached a stigma to him that he is, can I say this here, a douche? Can I say that? <laughs> That's allowed here. You are? Okay. Yeah. Wait, let me just, yes, yes, you can call him a douche. And if not, you know, but I'm mean, saying that's the perceived thought in this. So three strikes and with the Titans fans, for a lot of them, they're out. But here's the other side of it. What if he's not? And what if he takes this and uses it as fuel to do better than ever? And look, people don't know about these offensive coaches or the coaching staff that basically Mike Vrabel reassembled in the first place. Charles London, Jason Outen, some of these guys he's brought in, if it works right, they're going to be coordinators and even coaches somewhere else out of this thing, if it works correctly. Um, but the whole bottom line is this. You gave a third-round pick next year to trade up to get him. So if you miss on him, not a lot of love lost. If you hit on him, you hit a grand slam over the fence because – we looked at Mike Keith and I looked at the 33rd overall pick the year before, which was, uh, it was a defensive lineman out of Houston that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took, uh, Logan Hall. And his slotted salary for four years was like $9.7 million. You'd take $9.7 million for a quarterback for four years if it works out right, wouldn't you? Oh, Knowing that he's yeah. going to get paid. I mean, that's the whole formula. How many times have we seen this where, I mean, the 49ers almost did it with a Brock Purdy. It was, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, we saw a young Russell Wilson do it in Seattle. So that's, the, you know, listen, I understand why fans are upset about the pick. I understand that there's this stigma around him. But as I started to digest the move, I'm like, but I understand why they did it. I get it. Um, so film at 11, right? Jury's out. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And look, now, listen, this whole thing of grading draft classes, and everybody does it. That's fine. You need material, whatever. But it's it's not fair. I mean, talk to me in two years. Let's see where we are then. Because they haven't done diddly squat yet. And here's the other part. I know we're going to get into the receivers thing. I have a theory about that as well. Yes, they did not take a receiver until pick 228 in round seven, which is an, an interesting story and seems to be something on the radar as a prospect in uh, Colton Dowell. But did you ever think that, I mean, you heard Mike Vrabel say this just didn't line up with our board in terms of taking a receiver early on. And I think maybe that what he meant by that, I think, is that it may have shifted when they made that trade up to get Will Levis because he had fallen that far. Maybe that resettled things and, and moved it and calibrated it in a different direction. Or that they just didn't think a ton of the wide receiving class in this thing. because. Quite frankly, right now, I think maybe the tight end class was probably better than the top portions of the receiving class. Now, it remains to be seen. But here's the – I got to thinking about this with them not taking a receiver throughout the thing till the end. Did you ever think that, one, they still have Traylon Burks, and fair enough, the jury's still out. We got to see more of him in a bigger sample size healthy. I get it. But Chica Conquo had a nice contribution last year. He is a receiving threat. I think he makes a huge leap in year two, like a lot of players do. And I think maybe that is a part of their thinking to go peppered in with Nick Westbrook, Akine, and the other guys that's on this roster. Uh, and, and the other part of it, they're not done yet. It's what early part of May here. 
There's a lot of time between now and then. I, I, I can't help but think that maybe they've got something up their sleeve for something else in, in a move. I don't know. We'll see. But if everybody can just calm down, we'll be okay. Yeah, see, I think that was just like, that was, I mean, to add a fourth strike to uh, the list you went over with, with the Will Levis pick was, that's kind of that's kind of like the, the boat I was in was, you come, I, in my opinion, the Titans came into this draft with two glaring needs, offensive line and wide receiver. It was the two holes they have the biggest needs for, and especially wide receiver, just because we all know, like, you know, right now it is a very thin room. So then you go and not only, not only do you, not only do you get a quarterback in the second round, but you trade up for a quarterback this for the second year in a row where you tried this whole thing last year, where you traded up for a quarterback, it uh, clearly, and by the Titans doing it again for a second year, they're telling us, well, that, that experiment isn't working the way we thought. So you do it again in a spot where it's like, to me, in my opinion, I felt like the Titans coming into this draft just needed to shore up two positions and they were in much better position to compete for the dis- division this year. Now, after the draft where they didn't, they didn't uh, fill in one of their needs until the seventh round. Now I'm like, well, I don't know. I I don't know where, where this team can go. And I think that's where, where my disdain for the will, I don't have any problem with Will Levis. I think he's going to be yeah, a, sure. a fine pro, but I just, I didn't think that he was going to be a fine pro for the Tennessee Titans because the, the <laughs> need just wasn't there. Well, and that that's that's the mystery of the draft is we just and that, and that's let me say this. I mean, I'll back up and say one thing to what you've just spoken to, Austin. Is the human element of the draft is something that is not talked about enough. And I mean, there's 32 teams, there's 32 war rooms, there's 32 draft boards, and each of them are different. They're similar in ways because they have a lot of the same names. But beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's clear to me that Rand Carthon, Mike Vrabel, whoever in all of this, thought, you know what? This guy's a good fit. This guy, and if and the fact that he fell, they're like, Shh, let's go. Now, I understand what you're saying about they just did that when they traded up and, and pick 86 took Malik Willis out of Liberty last year. But you're talking apples and oranges here. Are those the same two players? No, not, even not close. close. Now, and I have nothing to gauge this on whatsoever, but I am a believer that I don't think Malik Willis was ever supposed to play in 2022. And injuries dictated otherwise. So, that being said, yes, it's like, well, they just did this last year. What are we doing? There is a guy who played in the Southeastern Conference, and let's not forget he had a cup of coffee at Penn State as well. And no slight towards Malik Willis because, I listen, he's a great, fine young man. And I think he can be something down the road, but I think he's a work in progress. And making the leap from Liberty to the NFL and Kentucky in the NFL, still different, right? I mean, a different level of competition in those things. But so with all that being said, Austin, what we thought was their biggest need ended up being a different thing. I think what they said by moving up to 33 to take Will Levis is that was our biggest need because the minute that Ryan Tannehill had a problem, there was a problem in the backup situation at the very least, right? And then if it works out to be a future starter, then all for the better. Uh, Because, you know, think about this. I mean, you know, Josh, um, well, I just drawn a blank here. 
who who was the 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 quarterback they brought in from the University of Tennessee who started like six days after they brought him uh, in Josh Dobbs. Dobbs yeah. Josh Dobbs and you know that told me I was like uh oh you know and then he ends up in you know he's a backup I think it what he go Detroit I think the backup mm-hmm. Jared Goff um so and again here's the other part of it that gets lost in translation because I what you're saying makes sense and that's what a lot of the fans are saying but it's a different general manager. It's a different thought process and it's a different evaluation. And I think that the thing I've heard in their press conferences and things and availabilities throughout the year, seems like Mike Vrabel's working a lot more closely in this process than he had been in previous years with John Robinson, just by the way of, of the things I'm hearing. So I think that has something to do with it, but, you know, there was a changing of the guard at a major position in the front office of the Titans. And so here we are. You were kind of uh, hinting at Colton Dowell being a guy that they really liked. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but they go out. They, they, you know, I know the Vols didn't get their dream, but Skyhawks fans out here have to be thrilled. with them, <laughs> you know? Wilson, Wilson Central Wildcats as well. Yeah, that, at least one I, University of Tennessee got got their guy picked. That's right. That's right. So between and, and that's a great that's a great local story. But the thing is, there's a couple of things there. Uh, first of all, he was invited to local pro day, and I think he complete continued to make an impression on them. And he was clearly on their radar before that. I read a tweet last night from Lance Zerline, and he said, you know, I'm doing all the write-ups for everybody who I missed who was ended up being drafted. And he said, I'm pissed that I missed this Colton Dowell kid because the explosion is there. The guy had about a 41, 42-inch vertical leap. He had a broad jump over 11-3, 11-4. He's the size of Cedric Tillman. He's the Skyhawks' all-time leading receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then the pepper in that he's just down the road in, in – you know, Wilson Central High School, and his dad was a fire chief for the city of Lebanon. It's a great story. Awesome. And, you know, who knows? I mean, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to poo-poo his moment because I think it's a great human interest story in this. And if he works out to be something, uh, you know, additional that's a benefit for the Titans, then that that's, it makes it even better. So if all goes – according to plan and maybe even a little better than what the Titans planned by, you know, grabbing this guy in the seventh round. Is he going to jockey with NWI for that other spot? It remains to be seen, Jack. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, we got to get through rookie mini camp and these OTAs and then the, the big mini camp before they, you know, disperse and come back for, for the big show in, in July. So uh, there's a lot. And again, I think, I don't think they're done with, with, Fiddling with this roster, I think they'll continue to do it right up to September. Uh, and I know that sounds like a company line, but I mean that's what they're telling us, and so that's what I have to believe right now. Do you have any any theories or anything like? Because I'd be obviously like, I I think we're all in agreement in agreement that they can't go, they can't go into week one with with the wide receiver room that they have. Don't tempt them, like. I mean, I look, I look, I, crazier things have happened, but like they've got to like go out and do something, right? You think they're going to? Well, all right. So let's think about this. Traylon Burks, let's say health and everything aside, that he's there, number one receiver, week one. Chica Conquo, that's another one I keep mentioning. NWI, there's a third one. Who else we ha- do we have on the receiving core? Phillips. Oh, Phillips. Kyle Phillips, McMath. We don't, we don't know about that yet. McMath 
you know, the thing about Racy, uh, Racy got a pretty significant injury in that preseason game. Uh, but the fact that he was able to come back and, and do something there. Now, I think he lost a little momentum because it was, he was knocking the rust off, coming trying to come back and help. But, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, look, if, if nothing else significant happens, Austin, we have to hope that <laughs> that they've they've taken selections of wide receivers like the Pittsburgh Steelers have been known for in day three of the draft. But I I don't know what the answer to that is. But I think there is another move coming. I just don't know what it is. I don't know if it's somebody they're anticipating getting released from another roster. Like somebody asked me the other day about Corey Davis getting released from the Jets, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can understand why that would be a natural line you draw A to B, but. How many games have he, has he played in and stayed healthy in in New York? I mean, he's missed yeah. some time up there as well. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and the other part of this is I think Rob Moore is underrated as a wide receiver coach. He's a pretty dang good wide receiver in his own right. I mean, Coach Mack can tell you that part. But, uh, you know, it's a work in progress here. We just got to take it a step at a time. That's where I'm at. We just finished the draft. Let's see what happens. It's like the old Polaroid Instamatic camera. The picture hasn't quite developed yet. You're shaking it. You're okay, yeah, we just got to shake it a little bit longer. Just shake yep. it. Okay. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. Looks like everybody oh. didn't oh. close their eyes. They're all looking and smiling. I think we have a picture. Oh, this one turned out okay. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> uh, here's Rhett Brian. Uh, Rhett, dude, thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us, man. Uh, we always love when, when you join in because you bring in so many uh good tidbits and you you make us you talk us off the ledge you you should honestly go into uh police uh you know negotiations uh <laughs> i when, think i would be rotten in that but thank you for the comment yeah no i did put you put you on the megaphone yeah i'm not trying to you know change people's opinion i'm just trying to think of it in a different way and also this is you know like, if you'd have talked to me 10 minutes after he pit Will Levis, I'd be like, you know, I'm not really sure what the hell is going on. I don't know what. But I've had time to think about it and kind of soak in it for a moment. And and listen, we didn't even talk about the other – the Josh Wiley pick, the tight end from Cincinnati. I like that. I think that's going to be okay. And Jalen Duncan is a good value at pick 86. You're talking about a guy that started 39 of 42 games at left tackle for Maryland. And while there's some developmental things there, he is a, an athlete at 6'5", almost 6'6", 306, and has really good footwork, which is one of the keys. You know, I think if the heat, the, the, the feet and the hands line up good, I think he's got enough anchor to, to help in this. And I'm pleased that the offensive line is going to look much different from what it did a year ago because uh, you guys know I said that you could see four-fifths of this offensive line be different in terms of starters, and I certainly is pointing that direction, is it not? It is yeah. on the way out real quick. Skaronsky, yep. left guard, left tackle. Where do you got him at? I'm going to answer this the way Coach Mack would. He's really, really good. Put him in and figure it out. <laughs> it's going to be okay because here's the thing. And, and, and let me give you another one. You, you talked about the what I said about Frank Gore. You know who else had short arms? Remember Michael Ruse? He's pretty good, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had short arms. So I, I just think this guy uh, – First of all, he was one of the highest players that Coach Mack and I had on the board, regardless of skill position, because of you're just getting a solid dude. I mean, I think you plug him in wherever it is, and I think he plays for you for quite some time. Um, I would like it to be left tackle, but I, listen, I think anywhere he's on that line makes your line better. I think he's going to be that kind of player in this. 
But the short arms, not everything's about the length of arms. And, and, and that's why I bring up Michael Roos as an example. Now, was he an 11th overall pick? No, he was not. He was a fourth, fifth rounder. But um, film at 11, right? We'll see what happens. Awesome. That's right. what Austin always says. Size doesn't matter. So no, I'm, I'm that, glad we're I, I, Skaronsky the same way. I, I'm a huge fan of that line. You know, it's like don't judge a guy based on how big they are. It's the motion in the ocean, boy. It is the motion in the ocean. <laughs> at, at Rhett B. Tennessee on Twitter. Guys, give him a follow. Does some tremendous work for Titans Radio. Rhett, dude, thank you so much, man. Glad to do it, boys. Glad to do it anytime. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Shout out to Rep Ryan. Love that dude. Love when he uh, when he joins us. Uh, just he he's literally. I and I cannot stress this enough. How much they work. How hard they work at Titans Radio to put together those draft shows. It's it's phenomenal. I you know I've I've worked at one zero four five the zone uh, a a couple of times actually, and I've been there in the spring. And it he's he's true when he says like they they start prepping for the draft, like the first week of January. And they go so deep into the weeds with every prospect because they, every single guy who can get drafted, they have tidbits and notes and they watch film on them. And it's, it's phenomenal the amount of work that they do. And I, and I truly believe this having worked all over the country, I feel like the draft coverage that Titans radio does is better than I would say any any market at least that I've been in. To I hear, totally uh, agree. draft coverage. They're the gold standard, and Coach Max been in those war rooms, and he yeah. Uh, Red Brian was telling us, he, you know, he taught he taught Rhett how to, you, you know, kind of operate in that mode. They've got their own big board. Rhett said they started a week after the season finished, and I don't know if you guys remember, but Titan season season finished pretty early. Yeah, so it finished pretty early this year. Hard at work for yeah. months and months, and you can just tell with Rhett Brian and his analysis. Just he knows everything about everything, so that was really fun for me. And I, I, I think we could have just done an hour straight with Rhett if you know he didn't have other things to do, and yeah, just right. that be the episode. And I think he's already starting to prepare for next year's draft. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was really cool, and I, you know, I, I just love those little facts he has. It's yeah, it, the, the he, Frank Gore comparison was so cool, and, yeah. and really just alleviated some of my concerns. He makes me, I'll, I'll say this. He makes me feel a little bit better, a little bit better. I, the part of me was like, okay, this does feel like PR work for the Titans. Like he's like doing the talking points and, you know, hitting on things that, um, I don't know. It, it felt like a lot of defending what the Titans did. And I feel like if the Titans truly had a great draft, you wouldn't have to be defending draft picks. Um, but yeah, but not really though. I mean, look, he, he knows these players inside and out. He knows their negatives, just like he knows their positives. But, uh, I don't, I don't think Rand Carthon or not Rand Carthon, Rhett Bryan needs to defend. Like he, he doesn't get paid to defend the Titans moves. He gets, he gets paid to know about the Titans moves. Now he can have his own opinions on that. And Rhett's been around long enough to where his opinions are pretty trusted. I, I, I found myself agreeing with him. I mean, even on the Spears thing, if, if he's a three down back, I feel good about it. I feel a lot better about it. I don't know about longevity. I think that's still a major issue. The Levis thing, I think he made a good point. And it's it, it's impossible to grade this class. Everyone wants to say, oh, well, this class sucked. This class isn't, you know, you know, everyone's saying, oh, D, F, C, whatever. You can't judge it until you see him play. 
you you can't do it, yeah. and you can't even really judge them until they're done with their rookie deals. The, the Tajay Spears thing just worries me because it's like, okay, yeah, if you do view him as the su- successor to Derrick Henry, you've got a shifty back who is, you know, they say he's a three-down back, but it's like I feel like you're on borrowed time with him. With If you have a shifty back who literally does not have an ACL in one of his knees, like how much time do you have with him? That's the thing. Like, like, how, they got to get use out of him like this year, you know? Well, and uh, yeah, because it's like if one bad cut, I, and I'm not even just talking about in games, in practices. What if he, what one bad cut? But and, if boom. he doesn't have an ACL, it's not like he can tear it again. <laughs> you know? That's, I mean, that's and a as, good a, point. as a person without my full meniscus, uh, I know how hard that is. But I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel better about Spears. I think he's explosive. I, you know, I I've spent time watching him since the draft concluded and it's, he's an exciting guy to watch. If you haven't turned on this, like, I'm not going to sit there and watch tape. I'm not going to rewatch Tulane games. I'll watch highlights and, and I'll watch his big plays. And he is fun to watch. Colton Dow. I wish we could spend more time on him this episode because I know that there are UT Martin listeners here. Rhett Which Brian if you are, if, say if, it. But I, I really think the Titans feel really good about Dowell as a seventh if you, rounder. If you're a UT Martin fan, a Tulane fan, a Northwestern fan, if you're a Maryland fan, and you're listening to this podcast for the first time this week, just know that this is the best Titans podcast. You don't have to go and look for any others. This is the one that you... you so go ahead and rate, review, subscribe. Uh, and in the comments, say uh, four and a half stars to the Titan Up Idiots, 0.5 stars to Buck. We'll explain that at a later date, but just take our word for it. Do that. And just know that you don't have to listen to any other Titans podcasts. There aren't any other good ones. So this, this is, is the, you're stuck and, with and us. He, you may be thinking this is the best. Just, all right. Just, all right. Give us First some time. All, yeah. <laughs> I'm, under the weather. I'm under the weather this week. Trust me. It gets so much better when I'm not under the weather. Um, but yeah, you should follow, follow this podcast. Thank you for, for listening. And, uh, we're excited and we're sorry if we were hard on your prospects that were drafted by the Titans. Um, it's, uh, it's so emotional and opinionated. And even the comments that were coming in on the draft show, it's like, you suck if you support this, or you're an idiot. If you don't like this guy, it's everyone has their takes are so dug in at the end of the day, I'm going to support the guys who are Titans. And, yeah. you know, now that we know who's. Who's who the newcomers are? I, I think you know. I mean, you got to get over the period where you're upset about these picks. You gotta you gotta go all in with these guys. Like Will Levis, I'll buy a Will Levis jersey if he wins a game. Like I, you know, they, they have plenty of time to impress us. So just because you don't like it now, wait till they put those pads on. Wait till you start seeing them in training camp videos. Wait till you see them in the preseason. Wait till you see some of these guys make instant impacts in their rookie year. These are our guys. You got to be on board, whether you like the pick or not. You're stuck with them. You're you're also drinking coffee with mayonnaise if Will Levis wins a game. The no, no, that's you if he ever makes a Pro Bowl. And it, you no, know what? I feel no, I feel you better. You said that and better earlier in this. Thing. You said that earlier in this episode. If I if said I said if he makes a Pro Bowl, for, you got to drink coffee with mayonnaise. No, 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 no. You said for every win, for every win that he gets as a Titans quarterback, I'm going to drink coffee with mayonnaise. As a after. rookie, I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself an out as a rookie. As a he might not. Dude, what if he eight. wins? What if he wins like two hundred games? That's two hundred. He'd of have to play for mayonnaise. like thirty years. But what if he? <laughs> no, I can't do that. It's a health hazard, man. 
Wow, dude. Wow. We're already negging as on a, your you. Work. You need to take the rookie bet. It, every game that he wins as a starter, as a rookie, if Tannehill goes down, is a cup of coffee I've got to drink with mayonnaise in it. But if he if he makes a super or if he makes a Pro Bowl, that's a cup of coffee. You. I got mean, to technically, take. technically, Malik Willis is the second string quarterback. So that's what Rand said after the draft. Um, got to earn it. No, you don't. Tannehill is our starter. Also, does and you know you you said earlier in this podcast that. Tannehill's like the best guy for him to learn under. Will Levis, like, you know, a game manager, like n- making good decisions with the Takes football. Takes care of the ball, yeah. Yeah. That's assuming that Tannehill teaches him. Because I'm pretty sure it's not Tannehill's job to mentor young quarterbacks. Look, we, let's get out of this. We can't do this again. Oh, my God. That was the most annoying topic all offseason. I can't do that again. I look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, Daniel, Daniel's like, you know, oh man, this again, I got to go through this whole rigmarole again. Ooh. Will Levis just needs to join team Celsius, go out on a little boat ride with Tannehill and hash it all out. Just go deep sea fishing with QB one <laughs> recharge, baby. All right. Um, we are, uh, we're going to get out of here. Um, rate, review, subscribe this podcast. We appreciate all of you who do your true toppers. We appreciate you guys. Um, sorry that, uh, I was under the weather this week, but wanted to give you some sort of content and hope you hopefully was enjoying it, it really the worst of the weeks. Uh, so the, the worst time to get sick is probably the week after draft week when it's like, you have so much to react to. And then the worst time to draft, you know, you, you were talking about Titans fans being like, very on edge and very angry. The worst time to draft is coming off of a seven game losing streak. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why everyone's so just negative about everything. Yeah. We haven't seen a win since Thursday night in green Bay. And even that we weren't even able to celebrate for very long because our offensive coordinator, uh, drank and drove. Yeah. That was no fun. We got to get over the seven-game losing streak. It's a new start. It's a new beginning. I, I hope they give us some cupcake week one, though. If they lose, yeah, I was gonna say if they lose week one, that'll be an eight-game losing streak. And then the groans will be, get loud. We'll be Do getting you, close to a year without question, a win. Question before we get out of here: long-term bet. Do you think that we will hear Levish chance in Nissan Stadium this year? Gosh, yes, because freaking you do. Yeah, because Titans fans freaking hate Tannehill, and I don't get it. Man, that would be surprising. I, I don't. Did, I don't think we hear Levis yet. I don't think. Well, I, I, really I mean, don't I guess think the fan we, base we went, is on we, board enough to to we, to get that going. We went into last year thinking the same thing. We went into last year thinking there were going to be Malik Willis chance, and I guess there weren't last year. Yeah, and and certainly after we saw him play, those. Oh, those didn't geez. get any louder. All right, let's yeah. get out of here. We love. All right, Malik let's get Lewis. out of here. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. Follow us there. Uh, we we promise to be putting out more content. We apologize for the lack of content lately, but we will be putting out more content soon. And uh, follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A Gentry. Constantly filling your timelines with great great written content as well as uh fantastic memes and just hilarious banter you can follow me on twitter <laughs> at austin huff you can literally watch me melt down whenever my team drafts a quarterback for the second straight year in a row and um, austin tweets what titans fans think he's very connected i'm the voice of the people that's what i should add that to my bio voice of the people you know when hey look 
when people are asking, I am legitimately tweeting it. I'm tweeting the questions because people are asking. Only Jack, after checking Mike Herndon's Twitter to make sure it's the right thing. That's right. Yeah, I do have to check with Mike Herndon to make sure I'm not too far off base. Although I did not agree with much of what Mike Herndon said last week. And, oh, man, we should have gotten him on the podcast this week. We'll get him back on soon and go at him. Remember how dead set he was on the Titans drafting, trading up and getting CJ Stroud? Yeah, but I don't think that that was the Titans' fault. I think the Texans just were, the Titans were outmanned and outgunned. Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah. And people are saying like the Titans got outplayed by that. And I, here I was going to come in to this week's show ready to defend after night one of the draft. I was going to come on this podcast and I was like putting together some notes. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to defend the Titans because a lot of people, the, the, the negative, the only negative from night one were people saying that the Titans are, they got, they got outmanned by the Texans. They were outsmarted and just completely played and they look like fools. I was going to come in and be like, no, how do you know that the freaking Titans, it wasn't all just smoke screen anyway, that they wanted to trade up all that. You know, I was going to come in and defend. This is a new era. This is Rand Carthens, a very smart guy, very brilliant, like, Comes from a know, great organization, too. Yeah, how do you know he wasn't just, like, slipping games to make the Texans go after Stroud and then to go after... I, 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 I wish we talked about take. this I wish we talked about this earlier because, it to me, it was like an episode of Storage Wars. You ever seen Storage Wars with Dave Hester? Yeah. So, yup, yup. It feels like the Texans were Dave Hester just bidding on literally everything. There was not a price too high. Well, the Titans are like, well, there's other store, you know, there's other storage units I can check out. I'll save my money. I'll give them a third round pick to go get a quarterback instead of two yeah. firsts and, uh, you know, all this and all that. So uh, I don't yeah. know. I was, I was going to go with that take, but then they uh, pissed me off uh, the next two days of the draft. And I realized, oh, no, maybe, maybe they did get played. Maybe, maybe they are just dumb. And uh, this first time, this first time GM is learning on the job and making mistakes in front of all of our faces. I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. Am I still frustrated? Yes. But will I still be a Titans fan? You bet your ass. Always. Yeah, you're not going up to Detroit. No, unless they signed like Deshaun Watson or something. I am. I will always be a Titans fan. Um, all right, Jack, you got anything for the road? Cinco de Mayo is coming up. Uh, Titans fans and Kentucky fans will, you know, now refer to it as Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayonnaise, because Will Levis, mm. the Mayo man, is in town. So happy Cinco de Mayo for all those who celebrate. Um, Cinco de Mayo. Put put some yeah. mayonnaise in your uh... in, in your margarita. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. Okay, so Tupper of the Year. If any Tupper puts some mayonnaise in a margarita on Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayo, you will become <laughs> Tupper of the Year. Hands down, we will end the competition. End the competition. If anyone puts mayonnaise in their margarita and takes a sip, we you will automatically be Tupper of the Year. How about that? I think I might do it just to take home the award. Everybody tweet at us if you do it. Whether it's if you in do coffee, it, whether please it's in your do mark. it. Please do it. Please do it. Oh, man, that would be so great. Oh, we would love you. We would share that video 10 times over and give you so much love and play for it. Okay. Yeah, uh, salt right. on the rim and uh, light on the rocks. Oh, and a dash of mayonnaise, please. Sir. Yeah, could you throw in some mayonnaise in there too? Do you have? Uh, uh, excuse me, sir. This is a Mexican restaurant. I don't even think we have mayonnaise in this building. Um, all right, all right. We're gonna get out of here. We love you guys. Thank you so much for all the support and for um, following us. We'll get through these dark times together. Who says they're dark times? I say they're dark. Okay, well, I'm going to get through these dark times 
uh, together with you guys. Uh, all right. We love you. Uh, I guess with all that said, until next week, tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans.